Brooks, and this is a new experiment that I want to do. Um, I'm going to call it Lakers Carpool for right now. So I'm just, you know, I'm not a journalist. I'm not an expert on anything necessarily, but I'm just a big Lakers fan that lives in Burbank, California. So I commute one hour each way for work. So I figured, you know, why not just record some of my thoughts and reactions and news and whatnot and kind of see where it goes. Now, let's talk a little bit about Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, two guys that the Lakers worked out earlier this week, considering bringing on with the empty into the empty roster, roster spot um, after waving Troy Daniels. Now, I feel like. With either two of them, there isn't a slam-dunk choice, necessarily. I think there's pros and cons for each. Um, pros with Dion Waiters is he's a guy that can he can create a shot if he's on the floor without LeBron or AD. Um, something that we've been hoping that Kyle Kuzma could do and hasn't really been able to do. I mean, at least he hasn't been very consistent in doing so. Um, so that would definitely be a positive. It'd be he would come in and probably be like the clear uh, third best, next best player after LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, so that would be great. Um, something that I'm definitely more worried about going into the playoffs is defense. I know that the Lakers are statistically ranked in the top five um, within defense, but sometimes their defense just does not sit well with me at least in the eye test when I'm watching games. Um, you know, we got our guy. Anthony Davis is great. I don't really have any complaints with him. LeBron can step up when he needs to. You know, it's the guys like Danny Green who's been brought in as, you know, what's considered a, a 3 and D kind of guy. And, you know, as of this season when I'm watching games, I feel like he doesn't do – he's not great at a 3 and he's not great at the D. So that's, you know, a little – has been a little frustrating – and, and maybe I'm being too hard on him, but it's just things like so many times, you know, I'll see Danny Green run, close out a guy at the three-point line, uh, overdoes it, lets the guy go past him, and then, you know, in the NBA, there's the help defense is sparse at, at times. So things like that, that that have been a big, bigger concern for me. And so I feel like in some ways, J.R. Smith could fill that role a little bit better or at least the J.R. Smith of old. I know with him the big risk is he hasn't played since, I think, what, November 2018. So um, at that point, we just kind of have to hope and trust that the Lakers front office does their due diligence and makes the right choice. I know that a lot of people have been saying that they have they did it right with Dwight Howard, so we should be able to trust them to do it right in this situation as well. Um and I think it's good news. You know, it's a Thursday. I believe they worked out both J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters Monday this week. So there hasn't been a, has not been a decision yet. So that's a good sign. I think that they're really not rushing into anything. They don't feel like this is a that either one will be a slam dunk in filling this role. So they're trying to 
figure out what the best route possible is. So I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I probably would lean towards preferring having Dion Waiters than J.R. Smith. Uh, I think a lot of that stems from he's younger, he can fill the role of create, being able to, you know, create his own shot. He could be a step-up shooter or, a, you know, he could be a, a guy that LeBron can drive and kick to if he needs to. I know that's not his necessarily his role, but he can fit that role if he needs to. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's just which guy is going to, you know, there's been a lot of off-court problems with both. Um, really, that's just like mentality, attitude, things like that. So if, if the Lakers believe that one of them is past any issues off the court or even on the court from an attitude or mentality standpoint, then I think at the end of the day, Deion Waiters is the guy. I was, at the beginning, I was kind of preferring J.R. Smith because I figured he would probably be a better defender, um, would be able to hit spot up shots, but, you know, I'm kind of, we, I feel like that's the role that Danny Green has on the team right now. So I feel like it could potentially um, be redundant. And, you know, I'm just kind of hoping that Danny Green can come out and be the guy that he's been in the past in the playoffs and the finals and and play well, um, hit shots, play defense, and help carry us to, to a championship. Um, <clears throat> so moving on to the Bucks and Lakers preview for tomorrow night's game. You know, I'm, I'm pumped for this one. I think that the Lakers did not play very well when they played the Bucks in Milwaukee. Um, you know, I think they only, they only, they only ended up losing by seven points, I think, which at the end of the day isn't bad, but I think within that game, they just did not play well. They got down big at certain points of the game had to claw their way back and just didn't have enough um and you know Giannis was hitting his threes which you know he's no Kevin Durant he's no Steph Curry necessarily with the threes so when Giannis is hitting threes then you're you know you're just you know you're in trouble so I'm hoping that the Lakers can kind of put a muzzle on Giannis play him up play him up at the three-point line, not let him get any easy shots, have good help defense so he's has a defender meeting him as he's trying to hit, hit, get, the, get to the basket. Um, you know, maybe the Lakers can do what Miami did and hold them to, what, I think, 13 points. Um, that seemed to be a good – whatever they did seemed to work, so that would be great. Um, but, yeah, you know, in terms of who's going to defend Giannis – that's a great question. You know, who actually can defend Giannis? I'm sure that's a question that most teams have in the NBA. Personally, I think like when it comes down to crunch time, I, I would, I would, I would personally throw Anthony Davis on him. Um, he has the size. Anthony Davis is quick enough to to move his feet and stay in front of him well enough that he's not just going to blow by him every time. So I think like it just kind of works out. Now I don't necessarily want Anthony Davis covering him the entire game, but in crunch time when it comes down to it, if we need someone to get a stop, 
I'm putting my faith in Anthony Davis on that one. Um, you know, I think LeBron can do it if he needs to. I know that LeBron's, you know, he's 35 years old, 17th season. He's going to be picking his spots. Like, he also shouldn't be covering. No, no one's, no one on the Lakers should be covering Anthony or Giannis the entire game. So, I mean, that that is what it is. Um, so LeBron shouldn't be doing that either. I think in crunch time, if LeBron's feeling fresh and has the energy, then I think he could get it done. I think he could lock down Giannis if he needed to. Um, if he gets switched on to Giannis, I think that wouldn't be a bad thing, you know. So having both, you know, two-fifths of the, the roster, you know, the lineup that would be on the court, being able to shut him down if he needed to, I feel pretty good on that one. Um, you know, guys like KCP, Danny Green, they can be pests to Giannis. I feel like they're probably a little too small to really be able to to guard him well. Or, you know, Giannis, I know he's not, he doesn't have much of a post-up game or anything, but, you know, if he gets down low on you, like, there's not much you can do when he's, I don't know, 6'10 or whatever he is, and KCP is six foot six. Like, there's just not much you can do when there's a good, a good big big man on you. So, uh, I think they can they can be serviceable as kind of just annoyances to go when they guard Giannis. But they're not the guys that I necessarily want down the stretch to be the ones that are trying to lock them down if the game's close. Um, I think Markeith Morris is another good option. He's he has the size to be able to to bang with Giannis down low if needed. Um, I don't necessarily know that he has the quickness to stay with him around the perimeter, but he at least has the size where Giannis won't feel super comfortable shoot trying to shoot over him. So that's good. Um, and then I, you know, I think with the Bucks, like a lot of it is their, you know, Chris Middleton, their their role players that are probably a little better than just role players. Um, you know, they've grown a lot as a team since last year. Kept a lot of the same guys. Um, added other good guy, other good players. So I think that while Giannis is definitely the big danger, you know, Chris Middleton's a guy that could still put up 30 points if you're not careful. So um, while we want to throw the farm at Giannis and make sure he doesn't have a big game, we also want to make sure make sure that we're doing our due diligence on on the other guys and not forget that there's four other guys on the court. Um, which I, you know, I feel like that. That can happen a lot, you know, where, you know, you see that the Lakers get out of position and a guy gets open right out of the basket and gets an easy easy bucket. So as long as we can limit that, stay in front of our guys, you know, I think defensively we'll be able to stay in the game. And then offensively, I think that, you know, I, you know we haven't really – Lakers haven't had too much of an issue offensively this season. Um LeBron can get buckets when he needs to. AD, you know, he's been in a little bit of a – had been in a little bit of a slump but had a big game on Tuesday against the Sixers. So, obviously, he's a guy that can get buckets whenever he needs to. Um, if we can get KCP to hit some big threes, um, you know, if we can get KCP, Markeith, Danny Green, Kuzma to hit some, hit some shots and fill in the blanks right there, you know, I think that – they have a good shot. I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Um, 
So I think the Lakers can pull this one out. Um, so it should be a good game. Um, hopefully I'll be at the the Lakers Nation watch party on Friday night. So that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, good times. So as a little playoff look ahead, you know, how am I feeling about the playoffs? Great question. Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I think this next, the next few weeks will be a good test for the Lakers. Um, you know, we got, we had the Sixers on Tuesday, which I know, you know, they're missing their two best players, but still good team, you know, with Al Horford, Tobias Harris, not exactly like a walk in the park, but they handled that pretty nicely. Um, obviously tomorrow with the Bucks, Giannis, that'll be a great game, a good uh, preview. I'm assuming, hoping it'll be a playoff-type atmosphere, which will be great. Um, and then the Lakers play the Clippers on Sunday at 12.30, so that will be that'll be exciting. You know, the Lakers are 0-2 so far against the Clippers. Um, Clippers are probably the most annoying franchise of all time as a Lakers fan. So I'm really, really, really hoping. You know, it, honestly, if it came down to if I could choose between the Lakers being the Bucks tomorrow or the Clippers on Sunday, I would choose. I'd rather have the Lakers beat the Clippers on on Sunday. Obviously, you know, they're the cross hallway rival, which hasn't really ever been a rivalry until this season. So it's been fun, but it would be nice for the Lakers to get to, to get to finish off the season beating the Clippers the rest of their games against them um you know the Lakers are number one in the Western Conference Clippers are number two currently I think the Lakers have a five and a half game lead so getting a win against them only helps keep us in first place uh which is wonderful um you know and then like while it would be great for the Lakers to beat the best team in the NBA I just think that they're you know, if the Lakers end up playing the Bucks in the finals, then it is what it is. I think the Lakers, I think that'll be a great series. I think the Lakers can beat them in seven games. It might go to seven games, but, you know, I'm not too worried about that right now. I'm not, not, not to say that I'm worried about the Lakers being able to beat the Clippers, but, um, you know, the Lakers should have won on Christmas Day. They had a few mistakes down the stretch. Um, couldn't get great shots down the stretch so I you know I think like with how they've been playing and with more of the season under their belt I, I feel a little better um, about them being able to beat the Clippers and you know I, I, I think that chemistry plays a big a big role um, in in how you play on the court you know I while you know the Clippers they're I forget that I don't know what the number is now, but you know they're like eight and zero. I think when their whole roster is healthy, and well, that's great. And they haven't won, they haven't lost a game yet with their, when their roster is healthy. It's a very small sample size, um, and I feel you know I it. You give me the option of AD and LeBron as they've played this season versus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and I'd take LeBron and AD any day. Now, I know that there's the role players, and the Clippers have a very deep bench, so that's what we have to be careful of. But I think that 
I think the Lakers have kind of found themselves. They've found their identity. I think that's something as Lakers fans we were a little nervous about going into the season was, yeah, you know, we know that we have AD and LeBron, but what else What else are the other guys going to provide to us? You know, I think Alex Caruso has been huge. Even if, he, you know, even if he's only putting up four points a game, his energy on the court, his hustle, his um, his ability to just kind of facilitate, uh, whether it's with LeBron or with AD or with both, I think that he's been a very uh, – more than a solid player for the for the Lakers you know he, the Lakers always seem to be better when he's on the court so there's certain guys that we weren't exactly thinking about going into the season that have shown that they can you know make a difference so um, so yeah not too worried about well I'm worried only because I want the Clipper the Lakers to beat the Clippers but I in terms of talent ability I know the Lakers are a better team or they can be a better team so anyway so they play the Clippers on Sunday so that'll be very exciting um and then you know we play denver utah the rockets um all within the next couple weeks so that'll be a good test um i think we have toronto again in there in march um and so yeah i mean i think uh, i'm not sure exactly what to expect in terms of like load management for the lakers throughout those games like if they're going to try i know they play Denver on the 15th on Sunday and have a back-to-back and play at Utah on that Monday so you know I'm trying to think you know maybe we have maybe they play full force against Denver but then sit out some guys against Utah not totally sure what to expect but you know I was listening listening to the official Lakers podcast on Monday and they were saying how the lead that the Lakers have in the Western Conference is almost insurmountable in that the Clippers or the Nuggets would have to go almost undefeated to pass the Lakers if the Lakers just won them 18 games throughout the rest of the season. So, or even maybe even less. Um, so, you know, I think the Lakers with the one seed is pretty much locked up. I don't, you know, I don't want to make any guarantees or anything. Don't want to jinx anything but I think it's pretty much locked up um, which is great and even you know I was thinking about this earlier even if the Lakers lost the number one seed and say the Clippers got the let's say the Lakers and Clippers flipped the Clippers get one seed Lakers get two seed um, it really doesn't make that much of a difference you know so like if the Lakers and Clippers end up meeting in the Western Conference they play in the same building so home court advantage I mean honestly like even if it's a Clippers home Clippers home game quote-unquote you know you can expect the Lakers faithful to be out there and rock in that stadium and it'll feel like the Clippers don't belong there you know so I think that worst case scenario Clippers get one seed Lakers get two seed then it really doesn't make too much of a difference other than this like who you're playing to meet up in the Western Conference Finals so obviously as it stands right now the, the one seed would be playing uh, the Grizzlies and uh, so that's going to be an easier matchup than what the two seed versus seven seed game would be so obviously they're obviously for obvious reasons matchup home court advantage you want the one seed but if the Clippers got the one seed and Lakers got the two seed uh, in terms of home court advantage it really doesn't make a difference because the, in the finals, if the Bucks make it, the Bucks are going to have home court advantage anyways, no matter what. So, 
you know, not anything to be panicked about or worried about. You know, I think really honestly the the bigger fear for me would be if for whatever reason the Lakers play terribly throughout the rest of the season and the Nuggets were able to to bounce them out of the one seed and take the one seed spot. Um, would be more worried about that honestly if the Lakers ended up meeting up with them in the playoffs just because um, you know playing in Denver is not easy you got the altitude problem um, and they're a good team they have good fans for all the for all those reasons you know honestly it's really just like to me the altitude thing like it wipes you out so the Lakers have played well you know, we beat them in overtime in Denver before the All-Star break, so that was great. Um, so I know, you know, we know the Lakers can can win in Denver, so that's not the problem. It's really just a fatigue issue um, playing a seven-game series um, in Denver. So, um, so yeah, that would be my bigger fear would be if the if the Nuggets somehow swiped that one seed. But honestly, at this point, I'm I think the Lakers will win enough games throughout the rest of the season that that they'll be, they'll be able to maintain that that buffer between the Clippers and the Nuggets. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about, you know, going back to the uh, the Lakers and, and Bucks matchup. So, it's been pretty apparent that Giannis is going to win MVP this season. Um, he's been having a record-setting statistical season you know I think uh, per 36 minutes he's averaging like 35 points 14 rebounds something ridiculous like that um, so you know I, I didn't expect anyone to, to even touch touch Giannis in the MVP race but you know in the last few games LeBron's put up some some good numbers you know he had over 30 against the Pelicans. He had 40 against the Pelicans at home. Um, you know, and he's averaging 20, I think, I don't have him in front of me, 25 points or so, I don't know. Um, you know, he's he's playing, he's playing MVP caliber basketball. Um, and even, you know, when you look at the stats of how the Lakers play when LeBron's off the court versus when he's on the court, you know, I know that's like the age-old question with MVP. You know, is it is it just the best player in the league that should be getting it? Is it the you know literally most valuable player? You know, because when you take LeBron off the court, the Lakers are not nearly as good. Whereas, if you take Giannis off the court, the Bucks are, you know, not better without him, but they're still pretty good without him on the court. So, you know, I I wouldn't say that that's a reason to give LeBron MVP necessarily, but it's a good. It's definitely not a bad argument. Um, I think tomorrow night's game will be fun for that reason. I don't think that some people some people have been saying that MVP is going to be decided tomorrow night. I don't necessarily think that's true because I think just with, with how the Lakers are set up, you know, you could have Anthony, Anthony Davis drop forty points tomorrow night, LeBron have twenty three points tomorrow night, and the Lakers win the game by six. You know. And I don't think that would take away from LeBron, from the argument for why LeBron could or should be MVP. Um, and just as just as easy as AD could have 40, LeBron 
could put up 35 or 40, in which case everyone would be saying, oh, he should be MVP over Giannis or whatever. Um, so I think that the way the Lakers are set up, LeBron isn't – he can get buckets when he needs to. He can score points when he needs to. But that's not how the team – that's not how he plays, and that's not how the team's set up. Like, he's not the – That's he's not – he's trying to facilitate. He's trying to get Anthony Davis buckets. He's trying to get Dwight Howard buckets when he's on the court. You know, he's trying to just do what's best for the team and to get to get points every time down the court. Now, if that means – you know, if, that, if he has a mismatch and that means that he needs to be the one that does it, then he'll do it. But um, I don't necessarily, necessarily think that tomorrow night will – decide the MVP race. I think that if if the Lakers, I think honestly the next two weeks maybe for the Lakers could decide the MVP race for LeBron. I think that if if the Lakers can, if the Lakers beat the Bucks, if they can beat the Clippers, if they can um, get decisive victories over the Rockets, the, the Nuggets, the Jazz, you know, teams like that, these playoff teams that they're that they have games against coming up if LeBron plays how he's been playing and the Lakers can win those games then I think that's a better argument for why LeBron should be MVP as opposed to just this one game tomorrow night um and you know because like it's just not exactly the matchup like LeBron Giannis isn't a one-on-one matchup or like a um LeBron's not going to be covering Giannis all game. Giannis probably won't be covering LeBron all game. So it's not like they're going toe-to-toe, head-to-head. They're different types of players, like I was saying before. Like, LeBron's more of – he's – you know, LeBron could just as easily have – he could have 19 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists. And, like, that that's a different type of game than Giannis is going to have. Giannis could have 35 points, 14 rebounds, you know – five assists or whatever which is a great game you know but it's like how do you compare that obviously there's plus minus there's stats that kind of help dive into that into that to like say who had a better performance with the context of the game and whatnot but they're just different players so it's hard to when they play head-to-head it's hard to say like that that's going to be the the decisive matchup for who gets MVP and I think at at the end of the day as a Lakers fan I'm saying I think Giannis probably should and will get MVP this season you know, I think he's what he's been doing has been it's pretty unprecedented. You know, I think that like what LeBron's doing, it's unprecedented for a guy in his, in, who's 35 years old in his 17th season. But I don't know that that's a reason to give MVP. I don't know if that falls within within the the proper definition of what the MVP should be or what the MVP is. So I don't know. I think. I think there's a good argument. I don't think the people the people discussing LeBron getting MVP, I don't think that's a I don't think they're fishing. I think that's a good argument. I think that it's good for the league to have that drama. Um, but I don't think it's coming out of nowhere and I think that LeBron is earning it and deserving it and I think that you know, with with how LeBron is in the league, like maybe he wins it just because he's LeBron. Um, but I don't think that if if he did win it, I think he deserves it. Or I think he's earned it enough. But I do also think that Giannis has performed particularly well in that it at the end of the day he probably should be getting it over LeBron. So um anyways, that's kind of my take on the MVP race currently, which well it's become more of a race recently than what we thought it was gonna be earlier this season. But 
Um, so let's discuss a little bit about who we think the Lakers will be playing if they are the one seed in the playoffs versus who maybe we would want them to play if they're the one seed in the playoffs. So currently as it stands, the Lakers would be going up against the Grizzlies um, in the first round of the playoffs. Now, for me, honestly, that's probably the ideal scenario. So I don't, I'm kind of hoping that not too much changes. Uh, I think currently the Blazers have the nine seed or they're, they're in the ninth spot. Um, I think the Kings are in the 10th spot and then the Pelicans are in the 11th spot. Uh, I personally, especially if we get it, if Damian Lillard's healthy, definitely don't want the Lakers going up against the Blazers in the first round. I think they've been kind of a sneaky team this year where they're not necessarily a great team, but if Damian Lillard is feeling it and he's going to go off, then he's going to go off. You know, I think like if the Lakers played the Blazers in the first round, I think the Lakers would win, but I think it might, the game, you know, I think that it might be a, it could potentially be a six game series. You know, you just never know. Uh, it could just as easy be a five. I don't think the Lakers would sweep them, but I think it could be a five or six game series. Um, just between like CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, the way that they can hit threes, they can definitely stay in the game. And, and we saw that when the Lakers play the Blazers um, in the first game after uh, the Kobe, the Kobe Bryant incident. Um, and again, like there's more to that game than meets the eye also, obviously with them having the, the Kobe Memorial before the game and all the emotions and whatnot. Like, you know, there's a lot of people saying before that game, like, oh, you expect, you expect there to be a NBA game after all this. So I think that, I think there's, I think that you have to, can't take that game at face value. Obviously, Damian played out of his mind, um, and he he won that game for the Blazers. So that's just a sign of what the Blazers can do. Um, which and you know we've seen them in the playoffs before. You know what they can do against teams like the Thunder or other other decent teams. Um, they can they can go out and win those games. So in terms of just what's going to be the easiest route through the playoffs for the Lakers. Definitely don't want the Blazers. Um, I mean, I haven't been following the Kings. I don't know, like, if, if the Kings can somehow get to that eight spot, then that would be – I'd be happy about that. You know, I wouldn't – I think the Lakers could handle them pretty easily. Um, but I think, like, between uh, – the, the teams that people have been discussing, it's really been the, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Pelicans – the Pelicans would be the most fun, the most entertaining. Um, so I would, if it happened, I wouldn't necessarily be upset about it. But I think that the Pelicans, especially with Zion and the speed that Lonzo can play at, um, and Brandon Ingram, his size, I think that they could beat up the Lakers a little bit more than than the Grizzlies could or would. Um, so for that reason, I think I'd rather the Lakers play the Grizzlies. Um, in the first round of the playoffs, so obviously it's good. You know, John Morant will probably be rookie of the year, so I think it'll still be an exciting matchup. Enough storylines, um, so you know, might not, not. It wouldn't be as quite as exciting as Pelicans, Lakers, even the Blazers. Lakers would be probably a little more exciting because you got Lillard as a superstar on that team. 
and then just like the history of the, the Blazers and the Lakers playoffs matchups would be kind of a fun narrative. But in terms of like, you know, I don't want the Lakers to get super beat up in the first round of the playoffs. Then I think I'd rather than play the Memphis, the Grizzlies. You know, even though I mean the Grizzlies are a good team, they're in the eighth spot for the reason for a reason. So um, it might it's I don't necessarily expect the Lakers to sweep them either. It might be a five game series, but. Um, I think that gives the Lakers the best chance of getting to the second round without being beat up, injured, or as tired as they could be against other teams. Well, you know, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks for joining me. My name is James Brooks. This is Lakers Carpool. Bye, everyone.